0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. I hope you're all doing so very well in this last week of Plastic Free July around the world. Today's conversation, I sit down with Anthony Lennon of the Peterborough Food Shop. This incredible store stocks local products from local farmers and businesses. Like, super local. Not just Canada, not just Ontario, but Peterborough County. Who knew so much greatness came from our little patch of country? We talk how eating local can help save the planet and how preventing food waste is easier than you think. If you want to hear more from the Practically Zero Waste pod, you can help get the word out by leaving a rating or review on Apple podcast you just scroll to the bottom of the app and hit as many stars as you like or head to anchor.fm slash practically zero waste and hit the support button let's
1: go Hi, Anthony. hello how's it going it's going well
2: good we are sitting in your super awesome brand new store how long has this been around for six weeks
1: six weeks yeah june
2: 10th 2019 so Tell me about life before food shop.
1: I've always been in food, mm-hmm. um, even since I was a kid. I, I looked forward to helping out Christmas dinners, Thanksgiving dinners. It was always my job to, to grind carrots and whatnot. Grind um, carrots. Yeah, like you know the, the meat grinders on the. Oh yeah. Attached to the, the countertop. Table, yeah. So my background is Finnish. Okay. And so there's a lot of casseroles in the Finnish culture. And one of them is a grated carrot with rice and milk. And so you slow cook the rice with the milk to make a porridge, and then you put the carrots in.
0: So my job,
1: when we came over for Christmas dinner, would yeah. be to grate those. Yeah. I don't, Well, I'd often come over the day before to help my grandmother. That's um, awesome. And I would do all the little jobs that were safe for my little hands. Yeah. And then throughout, um, I was always responsible for making my own food mm-hmm. as a kid and whatnot, like a, like my lunches during or summer holidays, even during school. Okay. So it's something I never found as a chore. And then as I got older, I became a chef. And I even my first girlfriend that I lived with, she remembered that I was I did, always did all the cooking. Yeah. And that it was always good. And that for me, I just, I don't even remember that. I just always did it. So yeah. I'm now 45. Cooking as a career is a little tougher. I find just it's tough on the body and oh, long lots hours. And yeah, long lots hours. of Yeah, and yeah. just, you know, you're hunched over a cutting board, yeah. which I love. And I could do it all day, every day. It's just, it's tiring on the body. And one drawback of being a chef is that you're standing over an open flame that is natural gas. And there's no exhaust system. Like there's one above oh, your head, but you're breathing yeah. in those fumes yeah. 12 hours a day and
2: make you a little loopy by the end of the day well
1: uh not by the end of the day but i feel that by their 40s i've met a lot of chefs in their 40s that are crazy <laughs> so i don't know if they started crazy but you know yeah um i find the ones that cook for a long long time are all crazy so wow in a good way but yeah still <laughs> a little
2: wacky yes <laughs> make the food taste so, better yeah <laughs> Cool. So you've been a chef and you were working in that profession for a little while and then how did the food shop come about? In
1: 2008 I was walking around downtown Peterborough and I was complaining to my friend. We'd both gotten off work at 11 30 at night but even before my shift there was nowhere that I could buy anything that was local. Right. And I was trying to do a dinner for people, local food, just at my house. It was 12 people and so it took me a while because I had to do it in between shifts. I had to call people mm-hmm. and I ended up buying some local, but then I, because it was sort of difficult, uh, I just went what I could find that was a little bizarre and odd even. Yeah. So, you know, I found some turtles to buy and which some people might go, oh, what are you doing? But <laughs> they were all like, they were, they were raised, they were farmed turtles for eating.
2: For eating. Yeah. yeah it so like,
1: yeah, it wasn't, you know, I didn't. Save the turtles. Yeah. Oh,
2: uh, I'll yeah. save
1: them. <laughs> yes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so yeah. And I was walking around and we saw where Sam's Deli is on Hunter Street. Uh, that place had just come up and I got a tour of it and I was and that, that is where when I walked in there I was like this this is something I really want to do
2: wow
1: um but then I went right back to cooking mm-hmm. um and didn't I gave it a second thought a third thought uh but I was still very much dedicated to cooking all the time and and then as I said you just get a little older so I actually uh, I managed a Starbucks for six years after my cooking career, Okay, yeah. uh, which is very different. But if it's air conditioned, you get three weeks holidays a year. Nice. It's not as satisfying, I found. It's very much a large corporation and they source cheapest. But it gave me a lot of experience in sort of a retail mindset and working on Lansdowne Street Maybe more and more miss working downtown and yeah. working with local ingredients. Because as a chef, people would drop stuff off. From time to time.
2: Yeah. So when you were cooking as a chef, were you trying to prioritize local ingredients? Uh,
1: local? Sometimes. When I, my wife and I owned a restaurant and I had some people that would come in on a weekly basis, but it was also, it was difficult because we've never owned a car. So it is difficult sometimes to reach out to people yeah. and not everybody always wants to deliver. And I did feel it's a little different. It was different in 2005 and 2006 mm. about local is that even though I tried it was it was very much like it it just seems now you turn around and everywhere you look is that there's little farms popping up of young people right you know it just it seems like the culture is different than it was 15 years ago yeah Um, and that could just be me being more immersed in it
2: Right, you might be more aware. Yeah, I
1: might be more aware, but I did put my feelers out always as a chef if anybody local wants to sell to me. and So I tried sometimes, but also my menu was very, like I had inherited a menu that-
2: Right, that you had to work with. You know, I
1: changed some things around and I brought some stuff in definitely, even just from local butchers as opposed to, you know, the big mighty Cisco. But a lot of times people don't get the idea that it's okay not to eat tomatoes in January and February. That makes it more special. You know,
2: that's true,
1: you know, but they, people want that stuff all the time and the big companies want you to order from them all the time. So if you say, well, actually only for six months out of the year, they don't look too kindly on you.
2: Exactly. Yeah. How do you start a business like this?
1: The beginning was kind of scary because you have to reach out to people about a business model that is everywhere, but not in Peterborough exactly what I was talking about to them. Okay. And so for a lot of people, I'm like maybe in June, I might have something (laughs) that we can work together on. And, but I can't guarantee you that it it could be even this year because I'm not sure how it's going. Wow. Yeah. And so a lot of the feedback was, you know, I got enough emails. No, thank you. That's fine. And so that was a little discouraging because I was like, what if people even want to sign up? Right. So then you've all of a sudden have 10 people signed up, but then it's, well, I can't just work with 10 people because I won't have enough stuff. Yeah. So then you're waiting for all those other emails. And mm-hmm. so I was in that limbo for a bit of time. And so I actually had to do a second round of emails yeah. and some people had said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I had reached out. This is a great idea I'm in. And maybe and, they had to
2: like get closer to the season too, to be able
1: to, uh, for a lot of people that was, um, and some of them, a lot of them, especially the growers needed to meet me in person, yeah. figure out what I was doing because they, again, they don't want to get stung by me saying, Oh yeah, I'm going to buy vegetables from you. Oh, this is going to be so great. But I've talked to 10 people. And I've got say ten people coming yeah. through, and I'm trying to undercut. Whereas I stuck with three farmers. The first three farmers basically that got back to me, but I only had for particular picked, products. Uh, yeah, for you know, um, I I looked at lists and I picked ones that had crossover, okay. but also unique to their farm. So that that way I could strengthen myself with, say, greens that everybody has. And if someone doesn't have enough. And they all understood that, that I had to hedge myself as well.
2: Yeah. That way you can feel comfortable getting a little bit of everything from a few different places. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And I was very clear about that idea that I was going to have three main suppliers just for my farmers so that... I would be able to be a big enough buyer that I could be consistent, but only three so I can have a personal relationship with each one. Um, And so, you know, I can go to their farm and it's like, yeah, hey, I've been buying from you all season. But as I said, most people, they wanted to, especially the growers though, as I said, they wanted to meet me. People with the packaged food, it was good enough for email back and forth. There's not as much turmoil in if I'm buying four cases of stuff off you. The likelihood is I'm going to buy another four cases off you and no one else is going to come in and undercut because those... Prices are fairly stable throughout yeah. the year. Yeah, and they're um, a
2: little bit more of a unique product. The stuff Yeah, packaged, absolutely. Yeah, like zucchinis or greens or something yeah. like that. Yeah,
1: and so the big fear there is that I promise that I'll buy zucchinis from you all year, but then all of a sudden the next person comes in and gives me it for one cent cheaper.
2: Have you had that where other people... I've had other people coming to, in and yeah. trying to
1: offer their stuff, and I'm like, sorry, this is what yeah. I've got. Yeah, This is who I'm with. Uh, If something changes with them, I'll let you know. Yeah, Um, that's good. Even my meat people, you know, and I've been very transparent with everybody as well that this is how my plan is. And that if, say, your flock dies for some crazy reason. Oh, yeah. I will go source somewhere else because I still need to run my business, but I'll be transparent with that person saying farm A is the one that I'm dealing with always. So if you don't mind, if I can buy off you for a season, obviously that would never happen, but it can happen that there can be things going wrong. But I want to make sure that I'm with these people for as long as I'm open so that it becomes a partnership. I'm no longer a sole proprietor say is that we're all in this together.
2: Yeah, more like Uh, a collab. Yeah. Give me a little bit of a lay of the land here. So for anybody who doesn't know what the food shop is yet, you're kind of like an ongoing market.
1: That was the sort of the beginning of the idea. But I am sourcing a lot of people who aren't at markets.
2: Exactly. Uh,
1: So it has grown bigger or just it's a a market extended. Exactly. So, So
2: it's like the farmer's market. But all week long, you're not stuck with the, oh, I work Saturday morning, guess yeah. I can't go to the market. Or I work, you know, even during the Wednesday market that's downtown and you take debit. Like there's just... Well, yeah, that's like, the... That's such plastic. a big thing. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's so hard to make sure that I get to the market Saturday morning with cash, the number of times that I've had to go to an ATM and get dinged like a $3 yeah. dollar charge because I forgot to go to the bank yeah. before going to the market. Like this is... And the other thing that I love about it, so you walk in here and it looks like a grocery store. All of your greens are together. All of your sauces are together. All of your cheese is together. It's not like I have to like do a couple of loops. Nothing against the farmer's market because I love the farmer's market. Everybody should go. But if you have a place like this where you can just go and shop like it's a grocery store. Pay for it like it's a grocery store and still get local food. That's amazing.
1: Thank you. No, and absolutely. I mean, I love walking around the farmer's market because Mm -hmm. it's all the different people there and it's the hustle and the bustle and it's really exciting, but it is that thing where it's like, okay, I'm going here. Oh no, right. I got to go over there. Oh, and and their
2: price for broccoli was this and their price for this. I hate that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, one thing that I like to offer also is that I've never been a grower of any food whatsoever. And so one thing that I'm learning quickly, but some people have asked me, well, how do I grow that? I'm like, I don't know. Go to the market and talk to the people who do it full time. But where I can fill in the gap is sometimes those people aren't cooks. So they don't know all the different ways to prepare the food. And so I'm as passionate as about the zucchini as they are for growing it. Yeah. But I can't tell you how it's done. I can't tell you what kind of weather you need. Yeah. But I can tell you what to do with it, how to, you know, how to store it and how to cook it and how yeah. everything. And so that's where that gap is filled. But I would never want people to come here without ever visiting there because yeah. this is such a great opportunity to, you know, when you can meet, you're the producer. It's, then it's so cool. Yeah.
2: And you probably care more about your food when you know the farmer, you can meet them, you can interact, yeah. you can memorize where you got your stuff from and it just feels like really local that way this way I just shop here and I know that I know that it's local because I've been told that it's local
1: and I will tell you which farm you bought it from and it is listed on the prices but it is such a different because you're only seeing me Mm -hmm. and so you'll more say oh yeah I bought it from Anthony as opposed to I bought it from Trevor or Scott or
2: yeah yeah so how local is local What does local mean to
1: you? Peterborough, Peterborough County.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, I would say anything that is a comfortable driving distance, you know, maybe 45 minutes.
2: Okay.
1: An hour max, but an hour gets into Toronto. So then all of a sudden you're dealing with all the, I could buy everything from Toronto and I would still be considered local. So I would say more that local is somewhere that you'd be more likely to bump into them. Okay. Yeah. In downtown Peterborough. Yeah. Or downtown Bob Cajun, downtown Campbellford, you know like, that you know, yeah. yeah, they're your neighbor. They're yeah. the person that you might get upset with because they're shoveling their snow onto your you know. <laughs> or they might be the person that you're borrowing the your lawnmower from. You know, yeah. it, it's more that that's what I feel is local is that that person, I would have a direct relationship with them and you would have an opportunity to see that person here. It's not being delivered by, Mm -hmm. you know, Peterborough County is pretty big. Mm -hmm. So So what's your cutoff? I haven't found it yet because I I don't want to sort of sit there and sometimes if you, if you are firm about something, people will then find that as an area to challenge you on. Okay. Yeah. I haven't looked at a map, but I mean, you know, Campbellford, I have, you know, stuff from Campbellford. So Mm -hmm. again, that could be If it's 48 minutes, I don't know, you know, so it's that idea. It's not a, it's not a concrete idea. I could, I mean, my plan shortly is to draw a map on the wall anyways, to show you where it's coming from. That's great. So that would be the best answer to that is that come back in maybe a month or so. And you'll see the thing I always suggest to people too, is if you think it's too far away, then you don't need to buy that. You can buy something else that is right down the, down the street.
2: Exactly. You know, uh,
1: because each person that I'm buying from typically is a small person. It's a, it could be a, a husband and wife or a brother and a sister or some cousins and stuff that are making something that they're really passionate about and so you would be able to then just call them or stop by their house and say hey I loved your product.
2: Yeah the idea I guess of local is completely relative because every time you say local it means within a 30 mile radius for somebody shopping on North American continent like exclusively that that could be like shopping local or it's I don't leave Lakefield, (laughs) like that's your... Yeah, you can be...
1: I don't leave my backyard except for the few things like toilet paper and toothpaste.
2: Exactly. And so,
1: yeah, local is such a unique idea. Exactly. Um, And because of where we're situated is, you know, we're so close to Rice Lake. Yeah. But if you look at the north part of Peterborough County, it's farther away. Yeah. So... You know, that's where that, it, it, it's kind of blurry, but you'll, you'll know it when you see it, you go, Hey, that's not local. You know, that's from, you know, North of Bancroft. Yeah.
2: Know? Or that's not local. That's from the other side of Toronto or from yeah. BC or, yeah. you know, you
1: know like- you'll know it, you know, you'll be able to make that judge and, you know, that judgment. And I, I sort of pick. I mean, not owning a car, if I can bike to them, mm-hmm. then that's sort of my, and most of the people other than Lunar Rhythms and Janetville, they're pretty far. That'd be a good bike ride, but you know, yeah. I can bike to Omimi. I can bike to Young's Point. Yeah, You know, I can bike to pretty much everywhere that I'm representing here. In I a
2: mean, day, like in less know,
1: than a day. 100%, you yeah. know, and I'm not going to die at the end of it just to prove I could do it.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I,
1: will, I will, you know, enjoy myself at the end of that trip. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it
2: wouldn't be that far. Amazing. So why why is it important environmentally?
1: Well, I mean, first off, the journey. Yeah. So the amount of gasoline or petroleum or whatever you want to call it that is used to get an avocado here. Yeah. Or, I mean, a great example, and this is one of the things that spurred me years ago, is I was working at a restaurant in Peterborough and we ran out of sprouts, like alfalfa sprouts. And we got another shipment in from our distributor and it was all from Israel. Wow. And I was like, why are we shipping from that? Not I don't care, like Israel can grow as many as they want, but why are we shipping that? Yeah. When really we could grow it in our basement. Yeah. And so I was amazed that the because you're dealing with global economy
2: yeah and so these places are
1: buying mass amounts that if one part of it fails they just immediately go to the next part and so there was a shortage with our the usual supplier so they just said okay that's cool we're gonna buy you know 80 tons of it from Israel yeah and And I thought
2: that you never out of something you never have to go without
1: yeah and that's what makes things beautiful is when you don't have it all the time Yeah. You know, it's what makes strawberries so tasty.
2: Oh my gosh, strawberries. You know, so good. I don't buy them any other time of the year. Well,
1: I was watching a show uh, Jamie Oliver had, and he used strawberries as an example because he said as a kid, they used to wait and wait and wait until they were ripe. Mm -hmm. And they would freak out and eat as many as they could (laughs) in the first like three weeks or sorry, three days. Yeah. And And then he said, nowadays his kids and all the kids are like, ah, strawberries, whatever. They're not excited because you eat them and they taste horrible in February. Yeah. So it gives you a bad feeling about them. Yeah. And yeah. so they're like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And so when you when you eat things out of season all the time, the stuff in season becomes less glorious.
2: Mm-hmm. And you don't even know when something is in season because it's all around yeah. all the time. Well, I, guess- I have a lot of
1: people coming in asking me, how, how come you're not carrying that? I said, well, it's not in season. Well, when is the season? It's summer. Yeah. I said, well, yeah, but it, things come up through different times, and yeah,
2: like you don't currently have tomatoes because yeah. tomatoes have not yet ripened.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you know, and and that's something that I'm really excited to show customers. Yeah. And there's the people who are in the know and they wait just like I do mm-hmm. for that stuff, you know. And what I've started doing, which isn't a new thing in the world, but, you know, I turn it all into sauce. Like my tomatoes in September and October. So I make tons of tomato sauce. I make mm-hmm. salsa, sun-dried tomatoes. Like, I Diced work. Tomatoes, yeah, right. I work really hard in September and October and I process a lot of food on yeah. top of working full-time. And I love it because then when I'm eating it in February... I think back to the time where I was going, why am I doing this to myself? Why?
2: In my case, I think back to, oh my gosh, I can't believe I grew these tomatoes or I got these from the farmer's market. When I'm buying
1: like eight bushels of tomatoes, it becomes like punishing. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it hits like 30 degrees for five days in a row and I'm working eight hours a day and coming home and processing tomatoes for four hours, it gets like, what am I, why? <laughs>
0: because it tastes amazing in wintertime. Yeah, winter and I'm thinking of yeah.
1: winter Anthony looking outside going, where is... Future me is yeah, going to want Yeah, really, me. really going to love you. Yeah. yeah. So,
2: And from a package-free point of view, yeah. that's something that I did this past summer for the first time, was I packaged a bunch of, uh, canned a bunch of tomatoes, tomato yep. sauce, salsa, and I didn't have to buy those things in tins this yep. year. I was able to, I uh, got like January or February, mm-hmm. so...
1: I'm Not still going long. strong. I made way too much, so really, yeah. And I actually had a customer come in who was looking for sun-dried tomatoes, and I said, "Well, I have some from my private stash." My oh,
2: goodness, I used so you them out of my business. <laughs> yeah, so I
1: brought it in the next day, and oh, I bought great. some other stuff, and I that's gave it great. as a gift because. I knew him. I know he would do good things with it. And that is one thing that I do too, is that when I overprocess, like with the corn, like I buy dozens and dozens of corn and I freeze you, it all. Oh, you so like I cut it off. freeze it
2: on the cob? No, or? no, no. I
1: freeze it off the cob and I okay. break it down so it's individual kernels. How
2: do you break it down so it's individual kernels? I know, just
1: rub it in my hands kind of just lightly and it all breaks apart. And then I take before
2: the... Before it's cooked or after
1: it's cooked? Before it's cooked. And so then I'm not... We, oh. And then, <laughs> and then I take the, the cobs. Yeah. And then I make a little corn stock out of it, and then then I freeze it. Yeah. And then I can have corn soup.
2: Okay, so I have to take the corn kernels off of the cob. Yeah, you just take a knife, right down before I cook it. Yep. Okay, I will do that. And they are perfect. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, because well, I've if you're, always can, wondered how the heck you do that.
1: Yeah, if you continue to be a customer here, then yeah, as yeah. you see things come in, I will talk to you about it. Yeah, I will show you. I'll probably invite you to my house to process stuff so I can show you right we can there. We can
2: we can can together yeah. at the end of the. Yeah, yeah
1: of the I love I love communal food stuff. So yeah, oh that's know, awesome. And it cuts my workload down.
2: I had this idea, so maybe I'll do this for you: is coming up with little recipe suggestions based on what you have in the store every season every week or whatever so like if you wanted to exclusively shop here as your one grocery store so maybe you wouldn't be able to buy milk or uh, I'm getting milk in next week baking soda, baking soda uh, yeah. <laughs> salt I don't know like things, yeah. things like that but if this was your main Grocery shop. What could you make for a meal? You've got radishes. You've got yep. beets with the greens. You've got the goat cheese. You've got I don't know what else you're throwing. Yep. You could throw all together into an amazing warm goat cheese salad. Yeah, like
1: well, I suggestions, do that. I do that right? on a verbal level. Yeah, many exactly. times.
2: Yeah, you are like, you're, I would yeah, put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This 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 and this together, and here you go. You can have your these potatoes here are great for French fries. Make some French fries with some amazing barbecue sauce from this company, and gotcha. uh, these sausages. And go I grab some buns easily. from Electric yeah. City. There yeah. you go. Like that I would see. be so much fun. Yes. Not to like put more work on you. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll come in once <laughs> a, a week to get my groceries. hour a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Tell me about some of your products here. Some of your products that maybe people wouldn't think that they could buy locally to Peterborough.
1: Amazingly, that is a lot of stuff yeah. because a lot of people don't realize that it doesn't have to get shipped in because it's made here as well. Yeah, um, we grow things
2: in Canada too.
1: Yeah, a lot of it. Well, I mean, and
2: Southern Ontario is also quite a great climate for growing a very big variety of things. Yep. Um, so it's not just like we live in super northern ontario or northern canada and yeah
1: there's a there's little a grows solid enough growing season here yeah you know, that, but yeah i don't know uh, that's an interesting question because it, nothing for me was ever surprising so okay. i don't know what's surprising i okay. mean the mushrooms that i'm carrying yeah there's pink oyster and lion's mane next week i'm getting gold golden oyster okay uh i also have shiitake mushrooms yeah and so i find more it's the varieties as opposed to the actual mushrooms themselves right people people know that mushrooms grow yeah but the fact that i'm carrying those ones they go wow where are these from and if they don't make it to the farmer's market ever they're not as familiar with what is locally produced right so for me because i've spent years going to it there's nothing that i go oh yeah well hey that's pretty cool i mean last year i don't carry it yet but i'm trying my hardest to get it in here, uh, in the fall, is wild rice, mm. which I didn't realize grew locally. I always mm. thought it was something that grew over there.
2: Well, rice
1: lake. Yeah, I understand that. Actually, <laughs> I was I was only taught that like I think three days ago, and I was like, ah, rice lake, of course. So,
2: I mean, I you just could take have it for granted. In the shape of a grain of rice. Yeah, you know? or maybe. anything,
1: or yeah. maybe a rice <laughs> boat fell in it. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, sometimes the most obvious things are.
2: Yeah. Tell me about your flour, because. Actually yeah
1: that is something that yeah. the the styles uh there's the emmer which is a farro wheat which is ancient like 8000 years old it's one mm-hmm. of the first ones that humans used. Excellent. I was really excited to see that. And I've used it a bit. Yeah. Um of course red Fife I carry but that's one of the backbones of I guess Canada back in the day.
2: So red Fife wheat it's is local. local.
1: Yeah and I guess it was pr- like it was developed locally.
2: Wow. So
1: that's something that you know, if you want to do local food. That and would is be it ground
2: the, locally too? Yep. Everything's done out oh. in Duro. Wow. So, yeah. Uh,
1: and then I also, yeah, the, the other flower is spelt and buckwheat. Yeah. So. That's um, great.
2: That's yeah. Great
1: and they're program. all organic. So yeah. not, I mean, a lot of people mistake local and organic. They think the two go hand in hand. Yeah. Not true. And not true at all. But oftentimes if you're dealing with small growers, they are usually organic because they can't do all the other stuff.
2: And usually organic, though not always. Like with the big certification.
1: Very expensive to do that. To
2: be certified organic. So if you're shopping in a local farmer's market and you're talking with your local farmers and they are not certified organic, chances are they may still be organic. You have to ask them obviously. But in general, most local small farmers aren't using a lot of pesticides. Well,
1: I mean, you can't afford to.
2: Yeah, and, it's expensive.
1: Yeah, and I mean, without getting overly political, and you can edit this out.
2: Oh yeah, I'll but, probably keep it all in just because. It's, oh great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For me, organic is very class-based. Anyways, is that oh. organic becomes one more thing that people can say, "Oh, you're not buying organic." Yeah. And you can't because poor people can't afford it. It is expensive. And yeah. so you're pricing because how else do you put food? If we're all buying the same bananas, how do you? go well if i'm eating the same as them how am i different yeah and so i really see that because i see a lot of people that i've dealt with over the years i can sort of see that idea that and because it costs so much to certify organic oftentimes they're only huge farms that have Mm. massive monocultures Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't realize the damage it is it's just the damage that organic food
2: and for like local insects and stuff yeah like having monocultures.
1: Yeah. yeah and so and i really find that it's that sort of you know and i've ranted to many people over the years about organic and greenwashing products is uh, that i find yeah. it's all in one and it, you just stay up percent more on it and then you've all of a sudden you've created a class system with your food and yeah i think food is there to obviously i make money on food but it's there to share it's there to show people how you love them yeah like that's what food's about it it it, it creates the, all the culture of a, yeah. of a country and so when you're pulling it apart like that, I get very frustrated. And so yeah. I'm very quick. I, some people, oh, is this all organic? I'm like, no, it's not organic, but it's local. Yeah. And that's the more important part. Because if it's 22 minutes in the back of a minivan. Yeah.
2: like To get here, yeah. Yeah. And
1: yeah. you're also supporting the person, like, it's their family. Yeah. It's their income. It's their livelihood. Yeah. You know? And if you want to ship from California, then... You know I don't even get into that part because there's the whole yeah. other system there of I mean, I understand that hear are also migrant workers and stuff, but you underpay workers and it just becomes this massive
2: one time I heard that I don't know all of the details, but that strawberries are often grown in Quebec and then picked like the whole plant is dug up, it is made dormant by putting it in coolers and it's shipped to California and it's planted again in the warmer weather so that it has a longer growing season and the plant thinks that it's been dormant and then continues to like well, I wouldn't put it going. past anybody, which then, is insanity. So then you have like Quebec strawberries, but they're not, they were grown in California and then shipped back up here, but the plant came from, anyway, just
1: think of the journey.
2: The amount of like fossil fuels involved in yeah. shipping that back and forth across the continent. It's just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> just eat in season. Yeah. yeah. Just find a local strawberry yeah. farm and eat them in season.
1: Yeah. Because I remember as a kid, things were seasonal. Yeah. Like this was only in the 80s. It was like 30 years ago. Yeah. And things were mostly seasonal. Is which,
2: is, which, like, I totally understand why society and, and humanity has been like, hey, I can get like a mango anytime I want. I love tropical fruit. I love yeah. all these different things. Sure, a global economy, but we do lose that appreciation for flavor of something yep. like having a tomato that is in season
1: and oh, it's, it's,
2: it's there's just nothing you could just eat that for supper you don't, you like don't have to do so anything good. to it yeah
1: you just put it on your plate yeah and that's one of it's one of the flavors yeah and then if you put a little bit of salt and pepper on it
2: yeah oh my gosh and crazy. then
1: a little basil and then <laughs> cheese or something a little bit of
2: goat cheese from crosswinds yeah time. yeah it's
1: just I mean you're just layering mm-hmm. great flavor after great flavor
2: what is it like operating with all of your farm vendors is it commission based is it like do you buy um, a quantity up front and just hope that you
1: sell it yeah I, yeah I I purchase it at a percentage I get them to set the market price for me mm-hmm. because I don't want to go so high that my market shoppers mm-hmm. would come here and go why like why are you charging so much more so we work together to figure out prices that are good for both of us to survive yeah i do have some commission based items i'm still we're still figuring that out because i, I want to get off commission so that i can uh, it's more like hard goods and whatnot, but I want to be able to give those people the money up front. Yeah, and exactly. So that way, it's it's better for them. But a lot of people, they've been really kind, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm a new business. That if their products here, they get the exposure. If I sell it, then it's great. And then once a month, I pay them out, yeah. and then hopefully I can just buy it all. And that way, they've got money in their pocket. And then some of the farmers, you know, have done the odd little bit of trade here and there. If they see a product that they want to give it a try, yeah, I might just get a couple heads of lettuce or something for maple syrup or something yeah. like that. Or yeah. So, I love um, that.
2: I love I'm bothering. sure that the tax people
1: would hate that. But.
2: <laughs> the tax people don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, thank
1: God. And <laughs> if you are listening, <laughs> turn off before yeah. this.
2: <laughs> uh, it's such a great mixture of products and we've kind of been all over the place with this episode but the variety of things we've got meat dairy vegetables condiments yeah well
1: i mean i've also got edible flowers they make your food look so beautiful on top of everything else as you said cheese i've got goat cheese eggs i've got a couple of hot sauces organic flour man i've got a bunch of woodworking stuff yeah we've got
2: maple syrup we've got Um, like
1: soap i mean honey and then, uh, coffee, tea, yeah, and, and those
2: are local, locally local roasting, and yeah. they grow their beans in the Columbia one, yeah, or, the one company,
1: yeah, they grow in uh, in Colombia so not- here
2: grown in Peterborough, but no. they are roasted in Peterborough.
1: Roasted, blended, packaged.
2: Yeah, same um, with like some of your sauces and stuff. There's like a mango curry sauce that's right. not growing in Ontario, but the company is it's local producing and it.
1: And I mean, you can generally guarantee that local businesses are going to be also hiring.
2: Local, And they're yeah, going to be paying employees. their taxes
1: locally and, and doing all that stuff hopefully locally. Hopefully fair
2: wages and yeah. yeah. All so, of those things that just kind of fall into this low waste packaging. We're talking about shopping local, low yeah. carbon food footprint, ethical treatment of workers, like all of these things flow together and become this. And they really
1: do. Yeah. They're important. And then at the end of it all, flavor is better. Yeah. You know, because they're
2: done in season. So
1: it's, yeah, there's benefits right through. And through. as we keep saying, is that if you only get it a month out of the year, yeah, the excitement that comes with getting it the following year.
2: What is your tip for people as they learn to live without in the off seasons?
1: Uh, it will enjoy the things that you do have. I mean, you can also process stuff in the season. So you yeah, can have exactly. frozen strawberries. Yeah. And they won't lose a lot by that time. But it is enjoy what's in front of you and not what you don't have because squash can be made 50 different ways. If you're a vegetarian, I mean, you can still get greens throughout the year. Yeah. I might not be able to carry them sort of late February and March just because of the growing in a in a uh, greenhouse. greenhouse. Thank you. Yeah.
2: You had the gesture there. Yeah. So. <laughs> but
1: I we have a little UV thing at home. And this year we grew two lettuces that we couldn't wow. keep up with. That's great. And it's just a little UV hydroponic in it. It's yeah. It's teeny tiny. That's but you can also do but that. Grow
2: lights to good use. Yeah. yeah. Grow yeah. some lettuce.
1: Yeah, grow lettuce. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. Yeah. So, you know, there's, awesome. there's so much to go with is that don't focus on what you're going without. Yeah. And that's the thing that a lot of people do with everything in their life, is that rather than live in the moment and enjoy it, they're going, but what about,
2: mm-hmm. oh, I
1: wish I really had. Yeah. And, you know, life becomes looking for tomorrow and and, and missing yesterday. Yeah. And, you know. and, and it, What about it's, today? Yeah. And, and that kind of, it, it bleeds through everything from your food to your job and everything in your life is that, you know, if you just stop and go, wow, I, I have potatoes and carrots and squash on my plate with some locally raised meat, or if you're a vegetarian, whatever, you know, there's some people I'm hearing are making like tempeh and stuff.
2: Oh, wow. Locally. Yeah, because soy, so. yeah, we can grow soybeans in Ontario. So there you go. So
1: that can be something that yeah. if there's enough of a demand, we could get something moving here. That could be cool. Yeah.
2: What are your plans for winter?
1: Well, carrots, squash, all that stuff that carries you through the winter. Is Two of them vegetables. will be growing me greens until maybe the middle of February. Perfect. But there is a lot of stuff that's available. I mean, there's radishes. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, Are you gonna sell
2: your canned stuff?
1: Are you gonna maybe. Well, I think I might do that to some preferred, find, cust- find preferred customers. Preferred customers.
2: Yeah, find somebody who's doing it like on yeah. a business scale. Yeah. yeah but I mean preferred customers.
1: So I mean, yeah. you know, if you're still coming in here in November, which I assume you will, I'll be here. Then there might be an extra little item in your bag because I'd be like, Hey, I just made this, give it a bit, today. Cool. give it a try. So yeah. that's an incentive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> come on, back. Yeah. Do you have any hopes and dreams or...
1: Potentially teaching people how to cook and whatnot. Oh, I like that idea. Um, because oh, this space sorry. is big enough that I should be able to move stuff around. Yeah. And I could do it on, on site or, I mean, even off site. Having the people Ooh, come can through. Can we do
2: a zero waste chef night thing where you teach people how to cook with food scraps and like yeah
1: I, I try to do that every day of my life
2: oh my gosh me too okay, cool. people
1: people get all rangy about maybe a wrinkly potato or
2: or like if the tops of the broccoli florets are, yeah. are turning yellow and stuff just cook chop em. them off yeah well cook them cook them cook them okay
1: cook them <laughs> I I, I'm a big proponent um, of old vegetables. Okay. Because they get more flavorful. Okay. Sometimes, you know, you, you might there, get, there they make a get point a little when tough.
2: sometimes they stop. It's tough for good.
1: me to find that point though. Uh, <laughs> mold? <laughs> I just cut the mold off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, not what I'm selling to people. but Not
2: at all. The produce looks really great here. <laughs>
1: um, but, you know, mushrooms are one of those things especially is that I like when they go past.
2: And they're a little dry.
1: Yeah. Crinkled. And I like them when they get like that because they get so flavorful. Got kind of a different um, texture too. Yeah, and they become and I there was watching I forget what restaurant it is in Norway, I believe, but he uses only things that are old. Wow. And no good. Nothing in my house. Like I, I cook it. Yeah. And there's no stopping me.
2: Yeah, some people are I've I've heard some people say, Oh, I'm so proud of us for composting now. Uh we put out like a like a bucket of compost every day and I'm like, what? Yeah, what are what you are throwing are you... away? Like I was realizing that wow, I don't really I, shouldn't my compost be more full at this point? We've been here like nine months or something, but I was like, we don't really put out yeah. compost. Like we use almost every and, bit. Of
1: I mean, if you really want to go hardcore about it, too, I is do. you can take your A bit more. You, well, you can take your carrot peels and your oh, yeah. onion peels, make stocks out of it. Mm-hmm. So there really should be nothing you're composting almost.
2: Well, so then you you've composted like the peels after. you... Oh, the the end result. Yes, like
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but so that would be the, the only part, composting. But I mean, I'm for to think that, of what's
2: in there? It's usually like. Yeah. Just the green part and the seeds from red pepper, or something like that. Yeah. There's no, there's no pepper left on it. Even like sometimes yeah. a, a mini pepper grows within the bigger yeah, pepper. You can eat that.
1: <laughs> you can eat any everything. Okay, everything. separate
2: podcast episode yeah. called "You Can Eat It All." Yeah. <laughs> and we'll I'd talk about to. cooking. Okay. We can
1: even I can. Bring in, I can save some nasty stuff for you. And I oh, can say, see, excellent. look at this. And
2: we'll make it taste great. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I refuse to, I mean, the odd time I will miss something because it'll get rotated in the fridge underneath. But yeah, I mean, even with the stuff that looks a little off, I mean, just puree it into oh, a yeah. soup and you're oh. good to go. Yeah. And like, there's so much, because I can guarantee you that you would have no waste if there was no food.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you know. if you only had access to like So this a much tiny... food in a
1: day, that's yeah. it. I had a friend of mine, we were clearing off the table, so the rule in our house is that when you're done with your food, even if you haven't finished it, you put it back into the thing that yeah. it was made in or we just pack it all together. You can take it home or I'll eat it. Yeah. One or the other. And mm-hmm. so he was taking the dishes and he went over to the garbage
2: <gasps> trying to be
1: helpful.
0: And uh, I'm like,
1: there's no food. And he goes, "It's two scoops." We don't throw any food out whatsoever because I can turn it into stuff. It's already been on the table for an hour. I'm yeah. like, that's fine, and that's that shows food wealth to the point that people are out of touch.
2: Yeah, you know? being out of and, touch with your food, you don't know. And that I mean, it's he's so gone good. through some hard
1: times where he hasn't always had a lot of money, and I still watch him throw food out all the time. Yeah,
2: yeah, because it, it's just a lack of knowledge. Food about waste. How
1: food works. If, like, if you go to a restaurant, you're already paying three times the price of that food to begin with, of the and, the and prep then you, and you take it home and throw it out. <gasps> So then, it'd be, the cost becomes even greater. Yeah. And I talk to friends of mine also about responsible shopping. Mm-hmm. In that, shop every day, or only buy. Don't be the pretend person. I'm a chef this week, and I'm going to cook this and this because I saw it. Stick to what you know, and buy one thing that's out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. but stick to what you're doing. And the day at the end of a work day, you don't deserve to call order in food if you have a ta- if you have a fridge full of food.
2: Right. Oh, that's a At tough the end one. of the next day, you yeah. also
1: don't have, and now your leftovers from takeout and your food that you bought because you're a chef this week.
2: Tying up all your money in all of and, this food you're going to throw out.
1: And I tell people, you can raise your salary by 30% if you don't throw your food out, if yeah. you eat it all. Mm-hmm. And people can't translate money food because I try to tell people any way that it's possible yeah you know if you just if money's your thing then that's how you save food yeah. if saving the environment is your thing save food if being a good person like it doesn't matter yes yeah, if you are a Devout religious person in some way, your god or gods or everything made the food for you. Yeah, there's no world and belief system that it's okay to just throw out food. If, if you're an atheist and think we all just disappear, you owe it at least to the next generation to have food on their table. Yeah. So they can also die and turn it into dirt. Like there's nothing that you can attack that Yeah, and say, well, this is a reason to throw out food.
2: This is going like to be my audiogram for yeah. the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me about food and community and and how you can. I talk a lot about community on this podcast and how valuable it is to just get to know each other and get to know your neighbors and share things and not buy all the stuff and own all the stuff yourself. How does food come into community
1: and make Uh, the world a better place? Well, it is the one thing that everybody shares straight across the board around the world. Even if you're not, you don't speak the same language. It doesn't matter anything. We all eat minimum minimum three times a day. Hopefully, (laughs) you know, some of us aren't as lucky. But a lot of the world eats a lot of food. And that is one of the things that creates your culture. Because if you look at all the different climates and what people eat, Mm -hmm. you know, it very much...
2: depends on their seasonal look. Yeah,
1: you know, and you've got, I mean, as I said earlier, you know, my background is Finnish. So there's a lot of fish and there's a lot of very bland foods because there's not a lot of seasoning that goes on up there. But it's like, you know, one or two strong flavors. Because of that, you'll see people in the north are often more stoic. Mm -hmm. Their food is more stoic. Because there's that time, but then there's that joyous period, like even in Canada here that, you know, Peterborough is very, fairly North because we suffer through, you know. Four
2: separate seasons. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, and sometimes the winter gets a little long. I love it because, you know, it makes, it, every season is great in you're itself. eating your
2: canned tomatoes and it's great. Yes. You can and I love day. life. So yeah. <laughs> every day is
1: woohoo. So yeah. I don't care.
2: But you're right. Like down in a tropical country, down from Canada, uh, yeah. like with, have a whole like riot of color because it's like if they're not stoic people in tropical countries typically because they've just got this this color and if you
1: see that you know uh the way like those cultures are more expressive their Mm -hmm. food is more expressive you know and i see how that just all comes in and then when it all melts together yeah you know in a place like peterborough where you have all those different things is that it's such a great first step to meeting somebody. Yeah. Is saying, this is how I eat every day. Yeah. You should never be afraid of that and say, oh, this is what you eat. Okay, great. Let me let me Mm -hmm. give it a try. And I've always been that because it's exciting. You really get to see how someone is, you know, by eating their food. Yeah. Um and it really does. I, you know, I strongly feel like that is the it's your icebreaker. It's how you and I always I mean I trade food with my friends all the time for services rendered if they're helping me do a dump run or if they're helping me paint or anything at all. I'm like, Hey, come over for dinner. Yeah. And it's, uh, everybody's always happy to do that. I love that that stuff.
2: I would love to have backyard chickens just so I can return favors with a dozen eggs. Yeah. Like every week. That would be my thing. Yeah. And there's (laughs) a
1: lot of people who would sign up for that. Yeah. And it's such a great way to do it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's a, it's bigger than 20 bucks or $3 -hmm. or, you know even a thank you and a hug it's like yeah that you know i give you a hug and some food
2: yeah and it's not yeah. like i bought these from the grocery store because that doesn't yeah. seem special or local or anything but yeah. like these are i have a direct
1: connection to this food here you yeah. go i and
2: petted that chicken it laid yeah.
1: those yeah. eggs yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly
0: thanks again for listening everyone if you want to hear more from anthony you can find him at the food shop on water street or on instagram at ptbo food shop go in and grab some local amazing products any day of the week and learn how to get the most out of the ingredients you buy if you liked today's episode you'd probably enjoy episode 23 the farmer's market and episode 25 all about community gardens you can find those in our archives wherever you get your podcasts and here are a few reviews i've been getting from people on apple podcasts which is so fun Crazy for Essentials writes, I'm committed to reducing the media noise in my life by unfollowing podcast purging accounts and reading a lot more books in place, but honestly, this is one podcast that stays with me. I'm hooked, and I've learned so much. The flow of each podcast, the questions asked by the host, and the engagement by the guests makes this a pleasure to listen to you. Thanks, Crazy for Essentials. And from Wajnot, I found this podcast while looking for a way to start learning how to be more eco-conscious, and I'm glad I have downloaded it. I have a lot of information is informative, applicable to everyday life life and ensures that they ask questions about what someone who may not know much about the topic would like to know when starting out their zero waste journey thank you thank you that is all this week have a great rest of free plastic free july and talk to you soon